Aloha, Warriors. Joshua Loya, your friendly neighborhood Jedi. Um, how you guys doing? Uh, and I buy you guys. I mean you guys. Uh, everyone, irrespective of gender. I'm foreshadowing a little bit where the conversation goes. Uh, this was one of the most fun episodes to record ever. Um, I uh, have a lot of respect for this guest, but before I give you just a little bit more information about him, I want to remind you that you can learn some absolutely sick martial arts content and support the show by going to www.adventuremind.net slash budo. That is adventuremind.net slash B-U-D-O. And uh, the folks over at Budo Brothers, uh, Eric and Kyle, they were on an earlier episode of the show. They made available uh, their three uh, jiu-jitsu, uh, street defense, uh, was it martial arts for everyone, taught by our very own Sifu Singh. And of course, uh, a deep dive into Filipino martial arts. Um, you have all those available. So much good content there. Um, I've only had the pleasure of training with Sifu Singh directly, but uh, the, the other content's really, really good. So if you guys want to delve deeper into uh, some some cool stuff and and still train from the safety and convenience of your own home, uh, I think uh, I think you'd be good. And even if you do train with a, with a pot of folks, um, all of this content uh, that they put out, it's, uh, it's applicable and, and very useful and very no-nonsense in a way that you could graft it on or integrate it into your existing training. So I highly recommend anything that Buddha Brothers puts out. And thank you very much again, Kyle and Eric. I go back and check out their episode. And if you want to support us, again, it's adventuremind.net slash budo. That's www.adventuremind.net slash B-U-D-O. My guest, the pit master himself, trainer of multiple champions, in particular, the Iceman Chuck Liddell, and many, many more. I've had the pleasure of, uh, of training with a couple of other people that he's been with, but nonetheless... I could go on and on, but I'd rather hear his voice, Mr. Hackleman. I'd rather hear John's voice, and I'd rather you hear his voice because, oh my gosh, there is not a dull moment in this episode, you guys. Mr. John Hackleman. Aloha, Warriors. Joshua Loya, a.k.a. Joshua the Jedi. Uh, the aspiring servant warrior. I have with me uh, a uh, pioneer in the martial arts, Mr. John Hackleman. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? All right, doing well. Doing well. What's uh, what's life without a little bit of uh, adversity there when we got this thing started? So, um, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. I love it. Yeah, and and uh, you know, different journey, different story. But uh, like you, uh, you know, martial arts saved my life and. Uh, you know, a couple different ways, but, uh, maybe obviously a bunch of people in the martial arts community know who you are. Um, how would most people probably more familiar with the people you've worked with that rather than necessarily you specifically though, yeah. if they've been around, you know, they, they know it's going to, who, who are some of the people you've worked with over the, that people might small time fighters they might've heard of, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably the most famous one would be Glo- uh, Chuck, Chuck Liddell. You know, Chuck Liddell, then Glover Teixeira, Court McGee, Tim Kennedy, Ramsey Ninjum. Uh, those, those are a few. I've, I've worked that, with others. A, but, that's yeah. pretty cool to, ha- to have uh, had that 
track record. Obviously, some of that's the fighter, and and obviously a lot of that's your, you know, your training methods and your approach to to martial arts. I'm sure. Nah, probably, probably I'll, I'll uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take that. I, I think it's, I think it's true. Cause, uh, I mean, I work with some of these guys since their very first fight, you know, so sure. I'll, t- I'll take some credit where credit is due. And, and I'll also take some, uh, some of the, uh, um, you know, some of the credit of, of, uh, or some of the blame for some of the, you know, some of their losses. I'll, I'll take the blame for them too, but I think a lot of trainers like to, oh, we did this, yeah, good job, but they don't take the, you know, the blame for the losses. I, I think sure. I'm, I, th- I definitely think I'm, I take, I take both. I'm good with that. Sure, and you've been in martial arts since you were pretty darn young. I mean, you, you, uh, far as I know, you were born in New York, moved to Hawaii when you were like four years old, at least according yeah. to your Wikipedia. You know how accurate those are, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's pretty accurate the last time i saw it it was it was somewhat accurate but those things are yeah um, um, so what was that like growing up in hawaii as you know not being mainlander growing up you know i'm sure there was a little bit of a uh, little bit of rough upbringing for you for sure yeah it was it was it wasn't fun then um it's a pretty rough place honolulu hawaii was a rough place back in the uh back in the you know early seventies. Um, so I, you had to be tough. I mean, locals respect toughness. They don't really care about money or brains or anything. Sure. Yeah. You know, they, they respect, uh, toughness and Hawaii is a very tough place. Always has been. It still is. Um, and people like to fight there. You know, it's a fighting, it's a fighting town, fighting state, but Honolulu more, Honolulu more than the others islands because uh, there's so many more you know people it's like there's like a million people say there's a million people on sure in hawaii uh, you know, nine hundred thousand of them live in on oahu and just and it's not even the biggest island so sure it's a, it's a really crowded place but it's a beautiful place though i've only been one time i went there for a surf contest two years ago and it was nothing like it but but uh but still, I'm sure it, it has its moments. It makes it yeah. a little bit hard. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful and it's rough and it's, you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I grew up, you know, I grew up tough there. Martial arts saved me. If it wasn't for martial arts, then, I, you know, I wouldn't uh, have, have, I wouldn't have survived it, I don't think. I think I would have, or I would have survived it differently and, and came out a lot differently. I don't know. I don't know how it come out. But I'd come out a lot different than I am now, and I probably it probably would include being a subservient, weak, um, just you know I don't know. It's, it's scary to think I'd be a beta male, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and that would be scary in in and of itself. So I owe martial arts. I owe everything to martial arts and my specific instructor. I mean, he was a no nonsense guy that you know, put, put the reality based stuff and, and effectiveness before anything. And, and without that, um, that was a huge, huge deal, huge deal for me. And he, he molded me and helped, helped, uh, helped make it so I wouldn't let anyone take my lunch money. And because of him, I didn't. And that, that sets a precedent when you're in school, 
um, that, you know, especially when you're a young, you know, little skinny blonde kid in Honolulu, yep. Hawaii, uh, <laughs> and you're not letting anyone take your lunch money, people are looking like, what? Well, it's like, it's like the, I don't know what it would be like a, um, I don't know what it would be like, a white sprinter. Maybe a white sprinter, like <laughs> winning the Olympics. Yeah, you, you moved to you moved to Kenya, and all of a sudden you got to run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah, it's like it'd be like that. So, um, how'd you get started? Actually, I I in in elementary school, I just I, you know from everybody's talking and rumors that junior high school is going to be like my death sentence, and as a kid, you know that scared me. Um, I heard horror stories about Kill Howley Day and how they beat up Howleys. And um, so I looked around and I found a martial arts school in the Yellow Pages. Uh, I caught the bus down there. And as soon as I walked in the door, it was like 500 square feet, tiny little, tiny little room with an office off to the corner, a hanging bag and two makiwaras. And I remember walking in thinking, I'll, I'll be here for the rest of my life. This is, this is where I'm going to be. <laughs> I just got a vibe. There was, some, there was some big local guys there with black geese. Um, and I just knew. I, I knew it was like crazy tough, but I just, I don't know why. I knew it was where I was going to be. I was like nine years old. I knew, I knew that was my yeah. place. And, and I walked in and. And start training. There's no kids' classes, you know. It's just classes. But they just let you to come in, you know. They were they were fine with a, a kid. You're you're young. Yeah, I, well, I went in and talked to the instructor in the office, the the, the owner Godine, and told him I wanted to train. And uh, um, he well, next class starts. I don't know, like 20 minutes or whatever. So I waited and I I went. I did the class. There weren't like I said, there weren't kids' classes. It was just sure. A, is a regular class and uh i don't know why i just loved it it was it wasn't fun at all <laughs> i mean there's nothing fun about it there's no like games there's no life lessons like we do now with the kids right it was just like it was just boom it was a lot of physical contact and and a lot of uh punching and kicking and and kneeing and takedowns and 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 brutality um but I don't know. There's something about it. I just, I hated it, but I knew, I knew that's what I had to do for the rest of my life. And I did. I never looked back. Never. Not well, once. And, and you've been at it. Like, you know, I mean, you, you fought yourself, obviously, yeah. you know, we, we talked about like some of the guys you trained, uh, it clearly, it, it, it affected the way you approached life. Uh, you know, I mean, without a doubt, more than any other. I mean, I have a really smart dad who went to West Point I did mili- I was in the military. Uh, I got my college degree. I'm a registered nurse. I, uh, but nothing, nothing ever. Martial. I've always just considered myself a martial artist. I've never, never stopped training. I don't think I've ever gone like more than three days or two days without training. And um, it was just that was that was my life, and it, it always has been through throughout everything else. So if I consider myself, I, I could be in the ER working, you know, starting an IV. And if somebody came and said, hey, what do you do here? I, I'm a martial artist. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's what I've always identified. Identified. 
Oh my God. That's <laughs> we're a, already getting into the identity stuff already. Right? I'm identified as a martial artist. <laughs> so that makes me one. D- does that make you black belt gendered? <laughs> I'm not even going to start that because I'm, a too, I'm in too much trouble. I'm already getting you into trouble. Oh my so, God. So, so send me the hate mail. Don't don't send John the hate oh mail. My, my wife erases my posts on, on Facebook. <laughs> and that's when I'm that's when I'm not uh, being in Facebook jail, like off for three months or or Twitter. Twitter just every other time. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I, yeah, I can't even talk about my. Well, I think that's actually. I mean, there's there's a there's a few things I like about you, but I, that's one of the things that I, I find refreshing is your willingness to speak your mind. You know, sometimes people get offended pretty easily. Yeah. And you know, there's a difference between being a jackass. You know, of course, you can speak your mind and, and be mean about it. But if you're just speaking, kind of calling it how you see it, and you're not trying to be mean, you're just kind of speaking what you think to be true. You know, I think that there's something to be said for that. There's not, it's like, you don't even have to be mean anymore. You can just not agree with something. Like, right. I, I can just say now, I mean, back in my day, you, you, you know, they hated white people. So they said, fucking Howley's. I hate Howley's. So that right. made them racist against Howley's. I mean, just fucking, and then in the South, they say, we hate blacks, you know? So that yeah. makes, we just hate blacks. It, yeah. it doesn't even have to be anything specific just we hate that makes them racist yeah but now if you're if you're if you look like me and you say i'm not a racist then all of a sudden you are one just for saying you're not right right <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 so backwards and it, it's stupid. a it's a weird minefield you know <laughs> yeah. and and it's to, to the extent where uh you know, like I just, I rushed here from jujitsu, like right before we started the recording, you know, I'd rather have, you know, sometimes like a, a guy that outweighs me by almost a hundred pounds with all his weight on me trying to do a reverse triangle. That's more comfortable, even though it's uncomfortable than trying to walk on eggshells and, and not offend people. Cause I'm, I'm a pretty kind guy, but you know, I, I've been at martial arts, what, 15 years, but still I, I prefer that than, than, uh, some of the the weird lines we have to walk sometimes yeah and I'm, I'm i i have a tattoo that um are we on are we on audio or video at all yeah, no we're just doing audio yeah okay. so so i have a tattoo on my arm and it's a there's a there's a, a lightning bolt inside of a tarot leaf and it's my army army uh it's my army patch it's called the 25th infantry division we sure. called it we called it tropic lightning and and it was i mean they did you know, they did tours in Vietnam and, and Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's it's a huge uh, uh, infantry division, and I have a it's a lightning bolt inside of a tarot leaf on my arm, tattooed. And uh, let me guess, people are trying to equate people the are saying I'm a Nazi, pride garbage or something, right? No, with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, um, the Nazi SS because there's the two lightning bolts on their so, but they didn't they yeah. they actually said. You know, this guy's such a racist. He has a Nazi tattoo on his arm. It's like, I'm a fucking patriot. I, 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 the United States yeah, Army. That's come from your military service. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm a Nazi. So it's it's got, it's got, it's there. It's there now. <laughs> but, it's you know, I mean, now. it. <laughs> so, uh, 
so as far as that goes though, like I, I, I was actually, I was catching up a little bit on some of your, your posts from back and, and, uh, you did your, your post about Bruce Lee about six years ago. And I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to go back and they're going to catch it. Cause you're talking about the guy who, uh, who started Lululemon and uh, you know, the Lululemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, they're going to not even like pay attention to the fact that you were talking about the other dude, they're going to immediately cancel you for that comment. I'm sure, you know? Yeah. You get canceled now for even saying like just what somebody else said. Yeah. Or, or you're, you're basically repeating what somebody else said and people are immediately attributing that sentiment to you. It's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. It's a hot mess, but I don't know what we're going to do about it. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm just training my guys and, and, I'm going to, I'm going to protect my own. I got, I don't know, you know about the trouble I got into at my gym during the, the, the protest. Oh, because you, you, cause you opened up or something or what? No, what? no, that one. That I one. haven't actually followed. Like I, I kind of kept my head in the sand cause I just got burnt out on the ridiculous news cycle. Well, we, us opening did cause a big thing, but during a, 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 a protest, which 30%, that's a big number guys, 30%. That means 30 out of 100. I mean, if you're if you every time you get in the car, somebody said you have a you have a 30% chance of crashing and dying. Nobody's going to ever drive again. Okay? Yeah. But the protests, 30% of them turned into riots. 30% overall. Yeah. So there's a big number. That's a big number to me. And we heard that there's going to be protests in our town, in our town, and that we we heard from the cops, not just, you know, from anyone, but from the cops that they were going to be ship, uh, busing guys in from Fresno and they were going to turn it into, it was going to turn into a riot, just to, like it's been happening in LA, like everywhere. Well, it happened in my hometown. I live in like this little tiny uh, town just outside of San Diego. They burned down two banks and it just it got nuts down here. Yeah, we heard it was going to get like that. So yeah. the cop actually told me, Make sure you protect your school because there was a school in uh, Long Beach that got burnt to the ground. Yeah, it was like a tenth plant. Yeah, got, uh, got burnt to the ground. I think, yeah. And he didn't go. He yeah. didn't. He didn't go protect it because he thought it was going to be a peaceful protest, but it turned into a full on riot. So yeah, I showed up in my gym and I asked. There's like six of my guys, and I said, "Okay, guys, I want. We got to protect the gym. What do you think we should do?" One of the ideas was get on the roof. Okay, because you could see you could see from the roof. Right, you could see if people were coming close to your right. Body, right, and one of my guys had a gun. And you guys don't have a small school either. I mean, no, that's ten, a pretty 10, good 000. size facility you have. It's now. Ten thousand square feet. It's on the main street. Yeah. So we had a guy on the roof with a gun, just like remember the Koreans in the in the Los Angeles riots. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're the, the only ones protecting their convenience stores and stuff. And they're the right. only ones that didn't they didn't get burned down. So. I thought it was a good idea at the time um, because I thought there was going to be a full-on riot. Even that morning, the cops called one. A cop called me. A friend of mine said, "Hey, John, I hope you guys are ready because uh, it's going to turn into a full-on riot." I said, "All right, well, you know, we have guns, and and my guys are are armed." He goes, "As long as you're in your gym or on your gym, you're okay. That's first. That's the uh, Second Amendment. You're fine." Sure. So I said, okay. So even in California, there's not like a thing where they can sue you after the fact, or they some... well, they can sue me, but they can't arrest me because gotcha. I mean anybody could sue anybody, but they. Sure. But I was within my Second Amendment. Sure. You're in your property. So, so the 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 guys didn't show up. 
basically. They didn't show up from uh, from Fresno. So it turned into a semi it did there was no violence that broke out so it right. looked like i was overdoing it right so like you were almost antagonizing the protesters yeah, or that's how, yeah, they, well, yeah. how they're trying to spin it or something yeah so next thing i know i'm on every news we have three news <laughs> here i was in the paper i was the nazi i was the white supremacist i'm the white nationalist and the guy the guy on the roof the guy on the roof who they took the picture of he was a black mexican and right. they and they said this. He had a white supremacist on the roof because he's a white nationalist. It's like this guy was like the darkest guy in my gym. <laughs> he's the darkest guy in my gym because he was he he had a he had an AR-15 and he wanted to help me out. So sure. So all of a sudden they labeled him. They labeled him a white a white. He could, they call him a white racist, and uh, and that I was a white nationalist. This guy is like. But anyway, so. It got huge. And next thing you know, there's boycott the pit and people are talking about wow. this. Yeah. See, I had literally zero idea. I, like, but I, I, it, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it happened. And, but real quickly, people were hugging me in the, in the street and they were like coming in my gym. And, and like after like three or four days of, of, of people just going after me, interviews and this and that. All of a sudden, people are like hugging me, saying, "Thanks for protecting our community. Thanks for being the voice. Thanks for doing this." We got, we actually got more. And there was a few students that quit because they think, you know, it was I wouldn't. They don't want to be associated or no. whatever. They're, but yeah. for every, but now like we lost like four or five students, but we got like fifteen. We got fifteen because of it. So it ended up turned. It turned into. It actually turned into a good thing. But it started off like I thought, oh shit, we gotta, we're gonna pack it up. We're losing the gym, and then next yeah. thing you know, like people are going, "Wow, you really care about our community. You did a great job. Thanks for doing that." So, what started off as something really bad turned into a really good thing. So, well, and and I think that's a big difference, right? Like you weren't, you didn't want there to be a fight. No, you didn't want, you know, and your, your, your guy up on the top of the roof wasn't hoping he would get to shoot somebody. And I think that's the big difference that, that non-martial artists, whether that you're a professional fighter or whether you're just a guy who likes to train hard, a lot of guys, people who don't train, they assume that you're, you're, you want to fight. And it's, I think the big difference is, you know, something my instructor, uh, taught me early on is he wanted us to be desensitized to violence but hypersensitized to right and wrong. So we know when to fight, you know, when to kind of to jump in, um, but also, you know, and to be willing to, but not to, en- to enjoy it, not relishing the, just the, the cruelty of it, but absolutely willing to, to jump in and, and, and do something if it was called for. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. And, and, and that came up like, well, one thing came up was, well, you teach more, this guy, he must be a terrible martial arts instructor. Cause you know, they have guns. They have to go to guns. Why would you have to Sometimes have guns? guns are necessary. <laughs> yeah, I know. This guy was dumb as shit, obviously. But it was like, you know, it starts from, and we do guns, and we do knives, and we do fists, and it starts from the bottom, empty hand, and that's like yep. building a building. You want to build it on a solid base, and you go from there. But, you know, with, with my hands, if some guys started rushing like they did in L.A., San, Santa Monica, Long Beach, and everywhere else – and they start rushing my gym and I start punching them. They have guns. A lot of these rioters sure. have guns. So, 
And then we got this big thing about how dare he, what, he's in this little county, why does he think he needed guns? The next day, the next day, this happened on a Friday, Saturday, after all this you know, outpouring of liberals that were saying, why did he need a gun? This is a peaceful town. Three people got shot the next day in our, in our uh, county, including two cops. So this kind of, it was kind of, it wasn't bittersweet for me and I wasn't happy about that. Sure. But a, a lot of the people that said, how dare he have a gun? Why would he need a gun? This is a peaceful community. I felt like saying, Hmm, how peaceful is it now? Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. So that, that happened. And, uh, our gym's bouncing back from that. We're supposed to be closed, but, uh, um, we are open and we're trying to abide by their, you know, I'm trying to make, we're trying to make it like, sure. Is, 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 uh, you know, within the rules as we can, but we're not going to stay closed. And and I told the the county or the city, it's like, I tell the sound, the city, uh, um, whatever he is, the inspector, I right. will close. I'll have no problem closing. If you pay my rent, my mortgage, my food, my car payments and my retirement. And, that comes out to about fifteen grand a month. So if you want to pay that, I'll close. But if you do, if you don't, who's going to pay it? You guys aren't going to pay it. I need that money, so I have to stay open. And and you know, so if they want to come and take me down, and 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 it'll it'll be a it'll be you know it'll be a fight going out. But we are open, and and the gym is. Well, and thriving. it sounds like you're being as responsible as you can. And you know, I mean, you're like we are. You know. We are for the most part, you know, we, but we I mean, do. it's kind of hard to be uh distance when you're doing grappling and stuff yeah. clearly, but yeah, but, but everybody knows it's like, everybody knows it's like, you know, you, you can wear a mask. You can wear a mask if you want. We, we yeah. take everybody's, you know, we take everybody's temperature. Um, but I mean, people, people realize people fail to realize this. One of the best, without a doubt, one of the best, uh, um, you know, defenses against this or any other virus, bacteria, or fungus is being in top shape. Sure. And and well, well, the the morbidity rates have definitely been. I mean, you know, there have been healthy people that have gotten it and have been hospitalized for sure. Like I actually surfed with a guy who who was hospitalized, but the majority of the people that have been affected by this. You know, a lot of a good percentage of them have co co occurring things like asthma. Uh, obesity is a giant one. It's the sure. biggest one. It's the biggest one. And 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 then there's smoking and and there's asthma and hypertension. Um, but yeah, being in shape is the number one way not to get it. And 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 for 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 them to come down so hard on us, the pot, the the drug dealer down the street, he's selling pot. Fine. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm, I have nothing against pot. I mean, I don't do it, but right. But they're open, and we're have, we're closed. You know, Walmart's open, we're closed. Costco's open, and we're closed. It's like I can see grocery stores have to be open. I can right. see pharmacies have to be open. I can see doctors have to be open. Sure. Um, but a pot pot place and and. Costco, Costco does not have to be open. Um, so anyway, I mean, it's 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 a crazy kind of a random. It's kind of a random pick, but we are open and we're going to stay open until 
I'm dragged into into jail. And then if I do go to jail, which I hope I never do, I've never been to jail. I've never. I'm not a criminal. But if I ever do go to jail, um, I hope I get a really good looking young uh, cellmate. And um, <laughs> no, seriously. And I, I, I hope he knows how to give good massages and good pedicures. <laughs> Well, and, and speaking of pedicures, like uh, I, I wasn't going to mention it, but a bunch of your guys, and I think uh, you did it, and a bunch of your guys, Ramsey and, and and Chuck, definitely got into this habit of painting their toenails. I started. I think you talked. I did start. So that. yeah. So what, what's I've I've seen clips of you talking about it, and I I, I yes I I know I say seen, but I'm just going to use that. Uh, where did that start? You can let me just tell you some, bro. This is 2020. You can you can identify as a seeing person, so you can see whatever the hell you want. Now. Uh, but um, no, um, I I started doing it freaking I don't know how many years ago. Uh, but I always wear slippers. I never wear shoes. Right. Um, so I did it one day. Just I think my girlfriend was like painting her nails, and I was like, she started painting mine, and I didn't say anything. And then the next day. It wasn't as easy to take off as I thought, so I just, I said, I just put my slippers on and left, and I was like, "Oh shit, okay." So I just left it on. Next thing I know, I see guys in the UFC that aren't even my guys with paint yeah. toenails. I was like, "Bro, you gotta pay me. You gotta pay me for that." Ro- like I got royalties or something, right? They always laugh, and but yeah, so it's a it's a thing we all do. Well, and I've seen like people try to come up with like 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 theories about the significance. Oh, it's some sort of secret, secret fighting society, or it's, it signifies blood in the toe, or it's, you know, it's about how many people you've knocked out or, or something, you know, like people always try to ascribe meaning to stuff that just wasn't there to begin with. It's just, it's just, to me, it looks better than when they're not painted. That's the only meaning to it. That's it. And that's yeah. it for all my guys. So, yeah, so we've been doing it. Yeah. We've been doing that for a while. But with that, with that said, yeah, that's what I want. Um, if I did have to go to prison, I, you know, I got a beautiful wife right now. Sure. But if I could trade, if I had to trade that for a, a young, um, I have to, I don't know, young, youngish, got to be good looking <laughs> cellmate. And I know some, I know the law enforcement here, and I probably know some prison guards. So I think I could arrange that. So you'd probably do all right. I, I, yeah. I think you'd be okay. And and honestly, a bunch of those guys probably know you by reputation anyway. So they probably leave you alone. At least a bunch of them. I, I don't want to leave them alone. I want them to take care of me. Yeah. Yeah. It could get lonely in there. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. So I hope I don't go. But I'm. I my gym is gonna. I do have to stay open. Not only do I have to stay open for my own thing. My sure. my students need me. You know, my students rely on me and they need, they need that gym that my, my, my kids need to be de-bullied and my adults need to, to, you know, become, you know, you know, keep my lunch money and they need to be, you know, attack proof. So I can't close. I think we're very, very essential and we're, so we're, we're, we are staying open. Well, and you also have, you know, you're not the only one who teaches there. You got other guys that you're, that's how they make their living. Yeah. You know, it's by, you know, it's, it's, I I honestly don't envy anybody as much as it's a complicated thing. Some of the the decisions don't make any sense. I don't, 
I would not want to be in charge of making the decisions of whether we shut down or whether no. we don't. That's, that just sounds like a giant headache yeah, to I, me. I, I don't, I do not envy the president right now. I, I really don't. Nope. I, I don't. He's to me, it's, it all ends with him and starts with him. And, you know, I think there's a lot of bad decisions, but yeah, I mean, either way, it's a bad decision, right? You open, Oh, you don't care about your, my grandma. And then if you, if you close, if you want them to close, it's like you want to destroy our economy. So it's, it, there's it, no way to win, really. There's, there's no way to win. I just, I think, I think, I think opening is the way to win, but you know, you, you're, you're going to be on the bad side of somebody. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and I, I can relate to the, um, to the needing to open, you know, like I, w- one of the things that keeps me sane is training, you know, and you know, my wife, you know, she's, she's a pretty good martial artist in her own right, but I'm much taller. Uh, well, not much taller, but much stronger. And I've been in actual fights aside from just competitions and stuff. So it's, there's a limit to how much, com- how comfortable I feel training with her as my only training partner, you know? So like just for my own well being, you know, going and training with guys that can kick my ass every single time, there's, there's value in that. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't see, I don't see a, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see a reason to close. So we, we, we're, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a political, you wear a mask. If you wear a mask riding your bike and you're all alone, you got to be a liberal. And if you don't wear a mask walking down the street, you got to be a conservative. It's so weird that it's come to that, but it's, it's like people, they've, they've, they've politicized, you know, um, the mask wearing and, and the wanting to run out, you know, open a business or if you believe in the coronavirus, you know, that it's really doing this and it's that bad, you got to be a liberal. If you don't, there's no middle ground on this. It's, it's turned into, it's turned into just complete craziness and obvious and to be honest, chaos. Right. Yeah. Well, like, like even still, like, like I, I don't go to a lot of places that basically the, the places I go to, I hang out at home. I go to, I go to train and I go surf and I, and you know, none of those places are places I have to wear a mask. If I go into a grocery store or something like that, you know, uh, okay, I'll wear a mask, I'll whatever. But you know, like I don't, I don't drink a lot and you know, I definitely, the last place that I'm going to go to right now is a bar. So if, if I'm going to have a beer, I'm going to have it at home because that's a way you know, I'm not in this crowded environment because, of course, you know, you go into a bar where that's the, like the last place you want to be if you're trying to keep, uh, you know, because w- when do drunk people actually, re- you know, handle themselves responsibly? They're they're getting up in your face, they're spitting everywhere because they've had too many beverages to be able to control themselves. That's, you know, I feel safer going to train than I do uh, anywhere else, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, but. I don't even know if the bars. I don't know. I can't keep track of minute to minute because it, you know, it changes. It's always changing. It's yeah. changing. It's coming down. I, I think we're allowed to be open right now because um, we're a fitness gym. Not as a martial arts gym, we're not allowed to be open. But since we do call ourselves martial arts and fitness, we're allowed to be open. But we can only train outside. So we roped off an area outside. Um, and we said, okay, that's our area. We got permitted, and we train inside. You know, yeah. and we're not gonna. We, you know, we need bags. I mean, telling telling me that we have to train outside would be like a paint a painting 
school, you know, an art school saying you can train, you can still open, but you're not allowed to have any paint, paintbrushes or easels. So we need the mat. We need the bags. We need the the shields. Um, And then outside, you know, but we did, we accommodated them by putting a thing outside and, and, you know, once in a while we'll go out there and do some jumping jacks and shit. So we'll abide, we'll abide as much as we can. Sure. So how did the pit come to be so giant? Because, I mean, you have, I, I've, uh, it's funny, I actually accidentally trained with one of your guys when I went out to visit my mom a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cruz Gomez out there uh, in Idaho. Yeah. yeah. Uh, re- you know, legit fighter for sure and, yeah. and a, a solid yeah. coach. I dropped down on a jiu-jitsu class he was teaching. Uh, but, um, but it, I mean, you've, it hasn't been this giant forever. I mean, obviously, I'm sure, like, I, you know, working with, with Chuck and, and, and Tim and, and some of those guys probably made a difference, but how did it go from this little backyard thing to this giant behemoth that is, uh, it was, it was getting big. Um, a while ago I started in my backyard and, um, I started because I was a registered nurse and I was still fighting and I still wanted, I couldn't make it to the gym. I was training with Benny, Benny, your then. That's right. And, um, (laughs) and, um, I couldn't always make it, and I was number one or number two in the world then. And so I had fights coming up, but I was working full time night shift as a registered nurse. And sometimes I just couldn't get up in time to make it to the gym at noon. And that's when we trained. Right. Or 10 or 11. I forget. It was in the morning, though. And after working, you know, from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., trying to get up to make a 10 o'clock a.m. practice is not really easy. So you're not slipping punches if you can barely stand. So, so I, uh, I had a gym belt in the backyard, which was like 400 square feet with a heavy bag and some weights and a mat. And I just started training on my own. And next thing you know, somebody found out I had a gym in my backyard and, you know, he worked at the hospital, he came and then I brought one of my sparring partners one day. And next thing I know, I have classes going on back there. People getting the people, people, uh, came up with the name, the pit. And uh, one of the guys came up with a logo. Next thing you know, my guys are tattooing the logo. And, you know, I'm still I'm still a registered nurse working. But the pit started getting – and this was in L.A. And they're like – people were wearing pit jackets, pit shirts, pit tattoos. It started getting pretty well known. Sure. Um, and then I moved out of L.A. to where I am now. And I opened the – I started a gym on my backyard again. I had it built. This one was like close to a thousand square feet. I have my my backyard is three acres, so it's a big backyard. Yeah, right. Uh, right. So we started training back there, and next thing I know, there was a guy, and he wanted to, you know, he wanted to fight. He he thought, you know, he wanted to challenge me to a fight, and because um, he heard about me, because I was the new guy in town, and you know, I was working as a registered nurse at the prison, but I was kind of getting a name for, you know challenging guys to sparring and going to different dojos and, and, and challenging guys. So, so, so almost like dojo storming 2.0, right? Yeah. It was, it was something like that. So one of the dojos in, in town, which was a couple of towns over was, you know, so I went in for, for, you know, to spar the guy spar. I'm doing air quotes spar. Cause we, it was a fight <laughs> and it was Chuck, you know, Chuck Liddell. So, yeah, yeah. So we had a little fight and he asked me, right after that if I would teach him how to fight and um and I gave him my card and he started training with me and 
next thing I know, he's asked me if he could, you know, start training for a fight. And I trained him. And next thing I know, he's kickboxing. And then the UFC thing came and he wanted yeah. to try that. And so next thing you know, we're on a private plane going to Japan and nothing ever was the same again. <laughs> so that's how that happened. Bang. If you would have told your uh, your nine year old self walking in to that uh, the Kajakembo dojo way back when, yeah, that you'd be doing this, would you have even believed yourself? No, no, I, I would never imagine. I, I have no idea. I never really had a. I knew I'd be doing martial arts from that first time. I thought that I knew that's what all I was be doing, or that that would be my life. But I never thought. I just like yeah. I had mean, I had an okay career. Um, but it was nothing like my fighters. I've had I probably had ten fighters right now that have gone farther than I could, I've ever gone. They're much better than I was as a fighter. I was I'm a much better coach than I was a fighter. That's for damn sure. Um, but um, but I yeah. So I never imagined I never imagined the the way it would go down. But I definitely wouldn't change. I, I'd change a couple things, but not many. <laughs> It, it, anything in particular you you would uh, would have done differently? Cheat on my exes, my ex wife, and my ex girlfriend. <laughs> I thought that yeah, was, that... I thought that was the lowest thing I've ever done in my life, and it it lowered me as a as a person as a, and as a martial artist. Um, as a martial artist, um, uh, probably would have got into takedown defense and stuff sooner. Um, I probably would have changed my training younger. Like I used to think you had to run. Like I ran marathon, I, I I ran three marathons while I was in training for fights. I ran the Honolulu marathon uh, twice and one in L.A. Um, because um, I thought you always have farther, far run farther, you're going to be in better shape. Right. But you know, I didn't have the whole. Height. Didn't know about the interv- interval training. Yeah, I wish I learned that quicker. That would have been that would have helped my career a lot. Um, and then uh, and other than that. No, no, just the cheating on my wives. So that was my, that was that was my biggest regret in life. Yeah, well, you know, nobody's gonna, nobody's perfect on that, you know. Yeah. But at least you can recognize it after the fact. One of the things that's kind of a trip that, uh, you, you know, by by all accounts, you're in better shape now than you were 10, 15 years ago. Like you, did you have some sort of a, a shift? in terms of like the way you ate or the way you trained or something, because you're, you're slimmer now than you were when you were, uh, we were just watching, uh, my wife and I, uh, this morning, um, Chuck's third fight with, uh, with Randy Couture. And you're like, when we saw you at the super show, you actually seem in better shape now. Uh, I'm not in better shape. I'm in better shape overall. I wanted to be after my career, I've been having to cut weight. I mean, I started fighting at 14 in the Golden Gloves, um, it was actually not the we just called the Golden Gloves. It was actually right. it was actually PAL and then the Silver Gloves, then the Golden right. Gloves. But I started fighting, you know, like officially um, at fourteen, and then um, always having to cut weight, always making weight. Then I turned yeah. pro. So when I finally retired, I remember retiring. I was like, I'll never cut weight again. So I started gaining a little weight, and I started, I wanted to get all buff. So I started lifting a lot. Sure. So I got up to like two two forty for a while, and I felt really good. I felt strong. I felt good the way I looked. I felt terrible, like even sitting on a plane, I would get short of breath, and 
you know, I couldn't really, oh, wow. I couldn't really train hard. Just, I was too big and I was always trying to put it's a lot of weight to move around for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was there for a while. Then I started cutting down a little bit. Um, and I felt better. I was like 220 and I felt really a lot better, but then I started trying, the, um, I heard about intermittent fasting and keto, the keto diet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I started that. And next thing you know, I'm like 180. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm way too skinny. I mean, even though I, you know, I guess I could be 180, but, I, you know, I just didn't like the way I felt or, or looked. So sure. so I cut back on the keto, started eating more starches, but I kept with the intermittent fasting. I've never felt better in my life. That's awesome. Uh, I'm up to 205, and I'm going to probably keep it there. Um but I've never felt better. Like cardio wise, I feel great. My strength, it's not like it used to be, but I'm, sure. I'm fine. I can still knock someone out if I had to. Um, and, and I just feel my energy level doesn't go up and it's always gone up and down. Like it's like, you know, it goes up and down throughout the day. It doesn't anymore. The, the keto, the, and I, I think it's you more even. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm all, all day. I'm, I'm like, I feel great all day. Um, I bulletproof I bulletproof coffee, so I cheat on I cheat on that. So it's not really a full intermittent fast, but I don't eat my first meal until um, like between one thirty and two. Like I ate, I was finished eating right before we did this, sure. and that's my first meal. And then I then I my last meal is right around ten, so I don't eat between ten and two. So. And I feel better. That's, that's a pretty reasonable window. I mean, it's not like I know some guys who have like a three hour eating window. I'm just like, that's just, I can't, my, my, that's too much. Yeah. I, I, I might like that, but my, 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 my metabolism is like, I would just lose too much weight and I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. be under 200. Um, or else I think I would feel good on that. And I'd like the fasting part of it, but I just, you know, like you're supposed to, you know, I was thinking of fa- fasting every, I was fasting like once every month for a while, like a full day fast, 36 hour, but all that stuff put together, just, I just lose too much weight. So I got to keep, I want to keep 200 pounds. So, well, and and you train too. I mean, that's the thing is like a lot of guys after they retire, right? Like, I don't know what it is. and, And I think you're kind of an exception by all accounts, but there's this thing that happens with Kempo guys in particular. Yeah. Like they get a belly after they hit 50 years old yeah. or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah. All the Kaja Kempo guys, all the masters, including my instructor, all had guts. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the younger, the brown belts and shit, they were the, they were like, like my instructor's black belts were like his henchmen. He had these big local Hawaiian guys and they were doing his like strong arming and his, his shit like that. And, uh, even when I start coming yeah, up, you, you sounded like there. You, you were saying there's uh, before we started recording. You were saying there's some shady shit going on, like a little bit. Yeah, like it was kind of a kind of a gnarly environment. Yeah, well, my instructor spent probably. I, I'm, I'm going to guess. I, I'm, I'm probably two or three years, one way or another, off. But right. he spent about 25 years in prison altogether, um, and a lot of the Kaji Kempo guys. You know they were they were criminalistic kind of guys. And it was a it was a rough art started by rough guys who wanted to be rough. It wasn't a Miyagi guys. It was the guys. It was a bunch of guys that wanted to go beat up, you know, military guys in downtown Honolulu, 
Um, and it was, it was a rough group. Kaja Campbell guys were rough, you know, you know, there was no, uh, um, you know, there was no, you know, like I said, the Miyagi karate kid attitude. My, my, my Miyagi was a, was a, you know, shut the fuck up or I'm going to punch you in the face kind of guy. <laughs> and, um, a little more Cobra Kai, a little bit he, less. He, uh, he was, he was more Cobra Kai, but yeah, he always took care of me. He always looked after me. He always, you know, I saw him do some terrible things to people, uh, in the street. Um, I saw him do some, you know, uh, really bad things, but he yeah. always took care of me. He always, uh, he always he looked after me. one of his, so he wasn't going to, could leave you to, out there. No. And then, you know, he made me tough, but he showed me that he cared about me. And, and, uh, he was, you know, he's, he's my, he was my mentor for sure. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a rough crowd. It was a really rough crowd. Then, I think it was DeCosco. I forget the guy's name, but some guy like brought some Chinese Kung Fu into Kajikempo and brought it to the mainland. And now there's Sifu and Sigung and all that. And uh, I never, you know, there was never that when I was training. Like there was never a Sifu. I never heard Sifu or when I was, or Sigung or any of those Chinese terminologies when I was coming up. It was, it was always, you were, you know, your instructor then your uh, chief instructor, then your professor, then your master, grandmaster, great grandmaster. You know, it was all English. It was all English sure. terminology. It was a you know, it was an American-made martial art. You know, well, sure. American. It, it was a Hawaiian-made martial art, sure. Engl- English-speaking martial art. Right, right. So anyway, so when I see the Sifu, if I see Sifu and it's Kung Fu guy, or Kajikembu guys, I realize. They're not from the original Kajikempo group. That's how I sort look of at ma- it. Mainland Kajikempo is kind of yeah. how you parse that out. Yeah. yeah, that's how I do. And I've been I've been called on it. And people disagree with me, but I I was there. And that's what I remember. Maybe maybe there were some like Sifu Seagun guys, you know, that I never saw or heard about. But I took place. I mean, I was took part in a lot of Kajikempo stuff coming up. So I just never saw it. So if it was there and I didn't see it, then okay. But, you know, I never, I wasn't privy to it. And and you kind of modified uh, as far as your core curriculum. I mean, you do a bunch of wrestling and stuff and you do, you know, a, a, a range of things. But yeah, um, you took out and, and even kind of streamlined, I guess, more maybe is a better way to put it, the uh, – your approach to the martial arts. So your, your Hawaiian Kempo, which is, you know, the, your branch off that you, you stripped out the, the Kata and really focused on more of the functional training and the, you know, cross pit is, I guess, is your, your branding as far as some of your conditioning exercises yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, is that just cause you wanted it to be more practical, more like you, you kind of see some almost like the Katas is a distraction or. I just I, like when I was coming up, I hated the Katas, you know, Right. And I would tell instructor, you know, I would tell Goodin, you know, I'd say, hey, chief, if I'm doing this move, how's that going to help me if I get jumped? And he would, he would say, shut the fuck up. He would honestly say, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then I would say, hey, chief, can we just not do katas? This is, I was probably like 15 already, so I've been with him a while. But right. I was saying, I hate these katas. Why can I just not do them? He goes, when you get your black belt, you can you get your black belt, you can start your own place. And take out all the katas if you want. Right now, you need to shut the fuck up and do what we do if you want to get your black belt here. 
So I did the katas till I got my black belt, and then I took them out. And I hear a lot of people talk about tradition this and tradition that, but I don't want a bad tradition. You want tradition, you know, there's all kind of bad traditions that we sure. lose, you know, and I feel like that's a bad tradition. I don't think, I don't think you're a better traditional school because you do katas because what do you, I mean, I, I just don't see it. I mean, I like watching them, but I also love watching pop locking, but you know, <laughs> I see them, they both entertain me. But neither one of them belongs in a uh, in a in, in a core curriculum. They're good for sure. they're really good for upgrades and like you can compete with katas. I love sure. I've I've ref I've refereed. I mean not refereed. I've judged uh, kata you know competitions. I love sure. I love watching katas. I love the beauty of it. But I love watching pop locking. You know, but neither, <laughs> neither one is effective. Neither one will be effective in a street situation. I don't care what bunkai you want to say. That bunkai is is like it's got to be the most. It's it's, it's kind of like saying oh, these you know guys what? that pull that application out of thin air though too. That have like, no yeah. idea. It, well, it's like saying uh, you. It's like saying okay, bunkai. You identify. It's like identify. Right? It's like okay, I can say you bunk you bunkai your sight. You can really, you can really see you can really, or I you know what I mean you can you know but but oh I could I could wax philosophical and sound super mystical if you want. Well, yeah. see what it is is I see through my third eye into your soul see? and you know. and I believe that. But I I've been bunkai. That's what it is. I just came up with that. Yeah, now I'm gonna verb it. I'm gonna turn it into a verb Wait. and say. You've been boonkied. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You've been boonkied. But there I, you go. But let me just say, I love katas. I love guys. I love traditional martial arts. Yep. I just choose to teach everything I teach. There's not one technique that we do that my instructor, one of my students is going to say, hey, hey, John, what is this? Well, how can I use this? Like, like if we see like the shooting star stance or the horseshoe punch or all this crazy spear this or, you know, all these crazy moves and stances that have no, no meaning. We, you ask your yep. instructor, he'll have to go bunkai on you and make up something. But, <laughs> but not one technique. In fact, every technique we teach, you've already seen it in the UFC. Not one technique sure. do we teach that you're not going to know what it is. And then we add curric we add conditioning to our curriculum it's in our cur curriculum and that takes the place of katas because every time we test your condition we test you on your conditioning yep. like you know so instead of katas it's we teach you on and the well, the crossfit i didn't steal that from crossfit the crossfit owner who i used to train with Okay, but I didn't like the overhead stuff and a lot of this other stuff, and I did more punching drills, and I created right. all these martial arts type drills that were like kind of like CrossFitish. He's sure. the one. He's the one that came up with the name CrossFit, and he came up with a logo. And he goes, "You know what? What you oh, do?" So kind of give you his blessing, kind of. Yeah, he, that's cool. He's the one that came up with it. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think. Uh, there's a there's a YouTube guy Ramsey Dewey. He's out there in in uh, in China, and he, one of the the comments that he's said in multiple videos is uh, martial artists are some of the worst conditioned athletes on the planet. Yeah, 
I mean, not obviously not, you know, the guys that are competing and, you know, in the ring and stuff, but people who practice martial arts are oftentimes they, they, it's kind of like they know their forms. They know how to do a couple of kick combinations, but if you asked them to deadlift or to do more than five burpees, they're going to, they can't handle it. Right. And my conditioning, uh, there's the conditioning is what we test on for the belts. We, we test on attendance, attitude, and conditioning. So your conditioning goes up each belt. Nobody could train for it. Nobody could test for my black belt um, that couldn't be in the conditioning for a fight. Everyone that goes for my, I'll say from a green, brown, green, green belt with a black stripe on up, right. they are training, conditioning just as hard as my fight team. So, That's red. So, so they you cannot you can't be promoted uh, without passing certain minimums, and and so you'll never get a belt in our system without being in top shape. And and it's scale. It's scale. Like like uh, we scale. Right. Like, uh, like for instance, um, uh, if you're you know, like say you have one, we had a guy who was trained with one leg. So I'm not going to make him. Well, you don't have to sure. do fucking the same amount of squats or whatever as everyone else. Yeah, because you're I'll scale. There's a limit to how many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like I don't make everybody have to fight Chuck Liddell to get their belt, but they have to be, <laughs> but they have to be in their best shape and their best conditioning. I mean, you know. Right. So, so it's so it's it, so is it based on it, to some degree how much they improve, kind of a thing? No, a little no. bit. No, because it's it's more it's more objective than that, but it's but okay. it's okay. it's theirs. You know, it's their they so like because if they started all the way at the bottom, once you get wherever you when you get to the top, no matter who you are, you have to be able to do that number. Unless sure. unless you didn't have something like like okay, like you would be on the uh you, I don't know how you do it. I really, be a, I don't know how you do. How would you run? How do you run with someone? Um, guiding so yeah, you? so like, I, I'd like. Okay, so uh, well, you'd have to get when, some a guide that's in top shape. I'm <laughs> Well, I have to have a guy who's in at least as good a shape as yeah, I am. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like, I, I ran a. And my, my wife is in pretty good shape, but I have a longer stride than her. So we did like a five k together, like maybe like a year ago. Yeah, and. It's not that she's in bad shape. She's actually a better runner than I am. But because I have a longer stride at that last mile or so, it, you know, it's like there's a limit. But like my uh, my surf coach that I've been at, one of the things we'll do is we'll go for a quick run on the beach before we get in the water. And, you know, he'll just kind of guide me as we go. Either he'll run ahead and he'll kind of tell me to how to turn a little bit. Or when I've run with people, uh, one of the things that's actually a trick, because I know you have a couple of guys that are blind or visually impaired that one, train with you. One, uh, yeah. Um, I run what, what I've done, what I've done more recently is I take like a jump rope, right? And I wrap it around, I hold it on the handle and I wrap it up so that it's, I can let it go if I need more slack. Yeah. And so we just run, run it on a trail or on a, on a track or whatever. And, and that's a good one. Cause that allows me to get the arm movement. One of the downsides, some guys will hold on to the arm. You can't get that arm swing while you're running. And then if you're holding on to like a static thing, like a baton or a cane or something, you still don't get the the arm swing. But if you have a jump rope, you can let out the slack so you can still have that arm mobility. Um, that seems to do the trick for the most part, but you do absolutely have to have somebody who is in at least as good a shape as you are. If you're running with them. Cause like, I, I know guys who compete in, uh, in like triathlons and stuff that are blind and they can't have a running partner. That's going to slow them down. That's, that's no good. Yeah. But yeah, but you know what though, uh, how you'd work it is, uh, it wouldn't be hard at all because 
the main part of one of our black belt tests is the the wheelbarrow. So your guy could just guide you and not just have the wheelbarrow. He'll just walk ahead, you know? So, I mean, everything we do is, uh, everybody has to do that one thing. And once you get to black belt, unless there's something, and I've never had that yet, but if there's somebody with something that's impaired, I'm not going to ever give, not give someone a black belt because, because it's a martial arts. They're not getting their black belt and wheelbarrow, you know, wheelbarrowology. You know, so they're not getting their black belt in burpee. They're getting their black belt in martial arts, but conditioning is part of the is 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 you know yep. one of the four. They have to know they have to be striking, wrestling, jujitsu, and conditioning, and they have to know all four of them are equal in 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 my curriculum. So, so I you know that's I guess that that would be the only thing. But uh, but everybody cool. everybody uh everybody everybody. Um, there's there's pluses and minuses on it. You know, I get a lot of I get a, sl- a lot of flack because of my views on katas, and I get a, a lot of flack because of my views on um, grappling. Uh, well, you're not ta- you're not telling Taekwondo guys not to practice kicks. You're saying this is the way I do it. No, I do. I know, but then I have like like grapplers. Like I have a lot. Like I have some high level grapplers. Like you know, one sure. of uh, Sammy Henson, silver medalist in the Olympics. Uh, sure. Right, uh, right. You know, I got, I got, you know, uh, Laborio, you know, one of my top guys, you know. Um, yeah, and then, that's great. And then, uh, um, but I feel it's, I honestly, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, because I, I am a very gay friendly guy, and I'd rather have, right. I'd rather have a tough gay guy on my team than a wimpy gay, yeah. straight guy any day. Yeah, and I've been absolutely. I've been saying that since I was since I opened my gym. Um, in fact, I have a gay guy training with me, but I also sure. I also think that wrestling in and of itself is gay. <laughs> it's gay. It's you. You can't. There has to be. You have. To, if you're not full on gay, you have to be partially gay because otherwise, you don't want a man between your legs. You know, for like. You know, for half of your so, life. So you have to be bicurious in order to play guard. Is that what you're telling me? Not even. You're not even curious anymore. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but no. But I say, and I'll let me qualify that with right wrestling. Wrestling, not jujitsu. Wrestling right. is the most important, most pivotal part of MMA. Okay. Well, you look at the guys who've just who've dominated, it, like you know, especially yeah. those early years when nobody had any idea what they were doing. You know, I mean, uh, I'm blanking on names right now. You know, but Mark Coleman, I mean, you had Kevin oh, Randleman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don Fry, right? Don you know? Fry, yeah, he was, yeah. I, I, I mean, would say like, the I main mean, one was Mark Coleman and Kevin Randleman, sure. yeah. But yeah, but, but they're they're yeah. Look what they did, right? And it's you know so anyway I cut you off there but it, it's you're absolutely right wrestling is a huge part and you, huge. you know more than I do huge huge um, but in a, you, you put it in martial arts or MMA you know right now it's 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 your your you got a huge advantage with striking and everything but you take it away from from you take it away from MMA and just wrestle 
now it's gay. It's nothing but gay. What is, there's no punching. There's no ground and pound. You're just rolling around with spandex. I mean, so it's like, I love those guys, but they're rolling around. Now you come into the MMA gym and then you're punching, you're kicking, you're submitting, you're, you know, you're doing real stuff. But then you take, yeah. you take it out of that. What is wrestling now? What else is it? It's like, it's gay. And jujitsu is only one step above that because they spend all the guard time, but at least they submit. At least they, at least once in a while, they get some of these guys, you guys, Laborio, they get a little too comfortable with somebody between their legs for long, long periods of time. That's awkward as shit. So, but again, if you don't have a good guard, again, if you don't have a good guard, right? Somebody gets on top of you, you better have a good yeah. guard or you're, I mean, you, you, you just can't, you, it's a great thing to have a great guard. You can win the fight from the bottom. Yeah. But, I'm- but with that said, it's still gay as shit. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Well, and, and you did say that one of the greatest lines I remember from, uh, in fact, I think this was the title of one of your seminars, you know, because uh, jujitsu guys like to say, you know, 80% of all fights go to the ground. Well, you know, most of them start standing up. 100%. <laughs> A hundred percent of them stare thing. But I love my jujitsu guys. Almost all my jujitsu guys love my sense of humor. Um, almost all my wrestling guys love my sense of humor about it. But some don't. And and for those that don't, you know, oh well. But yeah, all fights start standing, but you know, wrestling decides if it's gonna stay standing or not. Yeah. Right. Well, now, and, and you don't have to be a great wrestler, but you better have at least a little bit of an idea if you want to get back. If you're a striker, you better know how to stand back up. And that's where jujitsu comes in. Uh, wrestling comes in. The only wrestling I teach is takedown and takedown defense. Sure. So, uh, and that's to me, that's all wrestling is. And then jujitsu is how to get off the bottom. Number one. That's right. the most important thing. Yep. And then we do some submission escapes and some submission, and we do have a wrestling. Uh, we do have a jujitsu, you know, program in and of itself. I, you know, but uh, you know, Hawaiian Kepo is, uh, and we have some wrestlers that just wrestle. So right. all my fighters, you know, it's not a stand-up school because or, or a team even. I mean, I mean, half the guys on my team would rather take their guy down. So you know, like you know, not all my fighters always want. Look at Glover. I mean, sure. Yeah. So so it's just. That's what we're known for, and I like being known for that. But at the end of the day, we we uh, we're we're versatile, and we uh, and we spend a lot of time in the street uh, and in the cage. Uh, a lot of fights, all fights start standing, but they're going to end up. They could end up somewhere else. So we we get we get uh, we we prepare for the worst and pray for the best. So one of the things that I, I like to do because I, I hate listening to podcasts and, and then, you know, somebody didn't get a chance to say something they wanted to say. Um, given that, uh, that you, you got to go train your guys here pretty soon. You got anything that you didn't get out early on, uh, that you want to, you know, whether, whether it's somebody getting involved in martial arts or whether it's nothing that has to do with martial arts at all. I'm, I'm curious if you have anything else to drop. I mean, I think I think my thing with martial arts is uh, I think every single young man and boy, uh, right. without without a doubt, it's the most important. And I'm I'm throwing wrestling in here too, and jujitsu. Uh, they are martial arts, 
Um, I'm even going to take it to the next level and say uh, football is a very close to a martial art itself. Yeah, you got to know leverage. And, and you got to know how to hurt work. people and take people yeah. down. Um, so I, I think that every boy on this planet should do martial arts. And, and I think everything would, would be a hundred times better. I think things would go, I think mass shootings would disappear. I think all this burning shit and marching shit and, and racist, you know, or even, you know, think bullying would drop down a bit. Bullying would disappear if there was that. And all that shit would just without with martial arts. Everybody, who 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 are the bullies going to pick on if everybody's doing martial arts? And then who would be right, the, yeah? Because you don't who know who's be going to punch bully? you back, right? Who would yeah. be the bully? Like so, there'd be no bully. It's 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 hard to like someone that's never been punched in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> so everybody, if everybody trained martial arts, this world, I guarantee you would be a much, much, much better and and more peaceful place. Couldn't have said it better myself. I, I agree with you 100% on that. Well, uh, thank you, John. I, I'm absolutely uh, honored to have you on. This has been great. Said it before, I'll say it again. Adventure is a state of mind. How you live it is up to you. <laughs>